Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Researching the Fighter podcast. I am Daniel Villaboy of your lovely main host. Uh, I am unfortunately without a co-host today, but that is all right. Uh, I apologize for the lack of podcast this week and not being able to get it up in time for you guys to bet for the fights tonight. But this is going to be more of a podcast where we're going to kind of mix two together. We're going to put the review of UFC 271 in the main card and results. And we're also going to talk about the fights tonight. I'm not going to give too much insight into it because there won't be as much time for y'all to bet because this will be uploaded probably sometime after the fights or while the fights are going on. So um, I'm still going to give some insight into it just, uh, just for the hell of it. But yeah, so. Let's get into UFC 271. Wow. I mean, a banger of a card. So I was at work. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to watch it live. But after work, I went back and, and rewatched all the fights. And I mean, these were, this is a great, great, great main card. So we first started off with an absolute banger with Bobby Green going out there and defeating Nasrat. I'm I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name, but he won via unanimous decision. He was clearly winning that fight. He was landing some beautiful jab combinations. And, I mean, Bobby Green just looked really good that fight. Really, really solid. There's some huge news in the UFC world right now with Bobby Green that now that next week's uh, UFC fight night between Islam Makachev and Benil Dairish, Benil Dairish got hurt, uh, injured his leg somehow, so... He is not going to be fighting anymore, and Bobby Green has stepped up to fight at a catchweight bout. This is the number three contender, keep in mind. So this is a huge fight for Bobby. The odds are already out. I mean, it's minus 900 right now for Islam, so it's not looking good for Bobby, but we'll have to see, you know, how that goes. But a great win for him. Um, You know, first leg of RJ's parlay hit there. My parlay unfortunately missed, but uh, RJ's parlay of the week did hit of Bobby Green tied to Avasa and Israel, so we'll talk more about that. But on to the next fight, you got Renato Moicano, uh, and he defeated Alexander Hernandez in the second round by a rear naked choke submission. This was a great, great fight. He was able to... Renato, you could see how he kind of just controls the fight, especially on the ground. Really shifty guy, really sneaky guy. And you could tell that the way he wanted to, you know, he wanted to take the fight to the ground... At first, it looked like it was going to be a, a striking match, but Renato took it to the ground, and you know he could tell that at, in that second round, you know near the end of that second round, Alexander Hernandez was really tired, and he just wasn't defending the submission really well, and Renato was able to take his back, get both of his legs wrapped around his hips, and choke him out. Uh, very you know impressive performance from him. I'm excited to see more out of him in the future. Uh, but yeah, it was a great fight. Our next one, our our first three big fights of the night, we had Jared the Killer Gorilla Cannoneer versus Derek Bumson. Um, yeah, I called it. I mean, I said I knew I had a feeling that Jared Cannoneer was going to win. And I mean, dude, Jared is a freak. He he's a scary guy. He hasn't fought Israel yet. One of the very few contenders. Now he's considering himself now the number one contender to fight Israel next. Um which I agree with. I uh, definitely see him becoming more and more of a threat. I mean, his knockout power, and excuse us in the last episode for being wrong on what we were calling the weights, but uh, 
he, you know, Jared Cannonier lost over a hundred pounds to to be in this weight class, and he looks so smooth, and his punches are so powerful, and you could just see that every punch he was hitting Derek Brunson with, with was hurting him. And one thing that I wanted to see was was Jared Cannonier's wrestling game and his takedown defense game. Was it going to be good? And it was. You know, Derek tried to go in for a couple double leg takedowns, and Jared was able to stuff those well. And I think that was really a huge, huge factor of the fight is Jared was able to keep the fight on the feet and he was able to put Derek in a place of pain, uh, landed a couple really strong shots in the second round that dropped Derek and then he was able to, you know, end the fight out there on the ground. But wow, Uh, banger fight. I think Jared is the next number one contender for Izzy. Uh, You know, let me know what you guys think about that in the comments, but yeah, I think I think Jared really is the next guy up. He is a really fucking strong guy. He has a ton of power behind his punches, and he he's, he just looks so fluid in the middleweight. Uh, if you looked in his past fights at, at other weights, he just didn't seem as quick, and now he just seems so fast. It seems it's just it's really really easy for him to make those movements around the cage now, uh, especially stuffing the takedowns. So I don't know. I really like Jared. Um, as far as it goes for him being the number one contender against Izzy, I think that's for sure. Uh, it, how that fight's going to go, I really don't know, especially after this. You know, We'll talk more about that in the future, but yeah, good fight. And we're going to move on to the hometown hero, or not hero, actually, the hometown loser of the fight. Derek Lewis goes 0 for 2 in Houston on the main card. Tie to Avasa. Wow. I mean, RJ called it. I wasn't a huge Thai fan, but holy cow can bam, bam, swing. That man has got some serious power behind his punches. And for those of you who did not see this fight or, you know, haven't been able to like, if you can find a way to get some access to highlights, just, just look at this fight because the whole fight was really insane. Both fighters absolutely poured their heart out into it. And I mean, they pretty much called it out in their pre-fight press conference. You know, they were just going to go out there and swing and bang and, that's exactly what they did. Uh, Derek Lewis kind of surprised a lot of us kind of with, you know, taking the fight to the ground a couple of times. And it looked really good for a second for Derek. I mean, in the first round, it looked really good. He was tossing him around the cage. He was hitting him with some mean shots on the ground. Derek was landing a couple power shots up top. But boy, tied to Avasa with his elbows, man, with his elbows. So, I mean, going into the second round, both fighters clearly exhausted. Uh, not new for Derek Lewis. Haven't really seen Ty in a lot of long distance fights, so it was interesting to see how Ty was handling all of the, you know, pressure on continuing the fight and making it last longer and withstanding that and having the conditioning for that. But Ty looked great, and Ty came back out there in the second round and started to string together a couple, you know, one, two, three combinations that were kind of starting to hit Derek and, and hurt Derek which is something, you you know, you don't really see a lot is Derek get hurt that much. And he eventually hits Derek with a mean little jab uppercut combo that kind of puts him against the cage. And then Ty just starts throwing these elbows at him. And one of them just connects with the side of Derek's head. And Derek hits the pavement, or not the pavement, but hits the octagon floor face first and clearly knocked out, knocked out cold for a second. I was shook. I, I mean, this is the knockout king we're talking about here. Bam, bam. I mean, wow. Looked really good. Um, 
kind of nerve-wracking, though, if you think about it. You know, he's now becoming, uh, you know, he just beat a number three contender. So he's jumping up from number 11 to number three. Uh, that's a huge jump. Very, very big jump. I'm excited to see who he's going to fight next. I think a good matchup would be Cyril Gaon versus Ty uh, to see who could maybe get another shot at Francis. But right now, I mean, Ty looks good. He's got to work a little bit on his, you know, takedown defense. But other than that, you know, bam, bam. He's got a chin. He proved that he definitely's got a chin. And Derek, man, 0 for 2. I was really rooting for you, dog. I was really rooting for you, bro. But 0 for 2 in Houston. RJ hits the second leg of his parlay. Let's move on to the last leg and the last fight of the night. The main event of the evening with the middleweight championship on the line. Israel Adesanya defeats Robert Whitaker via unanimous decision, all five rounds. The judges scored it 48-47, 48-47, and 49-46 for Adesanya. So it's pretty clear that the you know judges saw this as a very one-sided fight. I sort of disagree with it. I mean, Robert, Robert definitely looked much better in this fight than he did the second fight. Um, you could tell after the fight he was actually happy with his performance instead of mad about it, uh, even through defeat. Uh, he feels like he did enough to defeat Adesanya. I don't know if he necessarily did enough, but he definitely could make a case for a couple rounds. Um, but it, it really was those knockdowns, man. Adesanya is so, so clean at striking. His unorthodox striking style is so unbelievably hard to defend that so many of his punches just get through, and you just don't even see him coming. And before you know it, you're on your back. You're dealing with him on top of you now, trying to ground and pound you. You're trying to scramble back up to your feet. And keep in mind, Adesanya is also very shifty on the ground, great on the sprawl, so... It was very interesting to see how Robert Whitaker would approach the fight. And, you know, he went in for a couple of takedowns and was hitting Adesanya a little bit. But it was clear that Adesanya was definitely the stronger opponent on the feet when it came to striking. So Robert, you know, essentially then moves on to game plan two of trying to take him down. And he was able to take him down a couple of times, but Izzy was able to get up really quickly too. That That is a huge deciding thing. Takedowns are one thing. But takedown control is another thing. If you're going to take someone down, you got to be able to at least, you know, control and, and hold them down for a good amount of time. That is always a big, you know, part of fighting is people think that, oh, you know, oh, he's got a couple of takedowns. You know, this round will definitely be his. He's not going to have any issues. Um, but that's not just all that goes into it. The takedown really needs to have more substance behind it and there needs to be uh geez what am i trying to say here there needs to be you need to just have that the ground control you need to have the ground control so we'll go we'll go from there is he you know laps the division once again or not once again so he's begun his lap of the division i personally i don't know if he's gonna lap the whole division because i think jared's going to be the next one to have to fight him and he hasn't fought jared yet so we're gonna, you know, we're gonna have to see how Jared deals with Izzy. Um, I just, I just don't know. I think Izzy's probably gonna come out with the win against Jared too, and if that happens, then he's probably gonna begin his lap of the division for sure. But 
Yeah, Robert Whitaker. I don't know if he's gonna get another chance. He's just gonna have to. He might just end up becoming that gatekeeper for the number one contender for Adesanya. But I, I, I really don't know. It's not going to be set, you know, set in stone for the future. And this is MMA. Anything really happens in this sport. But yeah, I think Adesanya is going to try and now begin his reign over the division, which he has been reigning over for for a while now. Um, okay, yeah, alright, so now we're going to move into our UFC Fight Night preview of Walker versus Hill, so Johnny Walker is fighting Jamal Hill in the main event, this is a light heavyweight main event, uh, these are two massive guys, Johnny Walker at one point in his career was literally being compared to the, to John Jones, they, they were pretty much saying that he would be the man to defeat John Jones in the light heavyweight division, claim the crown he was one fight away from it and then he went on a four fight losing streak so he he's had a lot of struggle uh jamal on the other hand is on a four or five fight winning streak and he looks scary man jamal is scary so betting odds here jamal is the favorite uh by a lot actually about minus uh i think it was almost minus 250 300 and Johnny Walker was about plus plus 200 at one point. Uh, these are really, really good fighters. Johnny Walker is an explosive fighter. He fights orthodox, really tall. He's got the reach, and he's got like the ability to hit you from anywhere. He can hit you with his knees, elbows, hands, feet. He can hit you with a flying back heel. He's a, he's a scary guy. And then you got Jamal Hill, who in my opinion, is probably one of the strongest hands in the light heavyweight division right now behind Yuri Pro... I, I wish I could pronounce Yuri's last name, but um, I like Jamal in this fight. So I'm, I'm going to take Jamal here. I think he's going to knock him out. I don't see this fight going all rounds. I would definitely take the under on rounds. Um, but yeah, I think Jamal here is... He's just got the slight speed advantage... And I think the speed's going to be a big factor here. And I think he's going to definitely try and go in there and just knock him the fuck out. And it's going to be a battle for sure. So tune in for that. The co-main event will be a catchweight bout between Kyle Dawkins and Jamie Pickett. I like Kyle Dawkins a lot. And I like Jamie Pickett a lot. Jamie Pickett's a really big body, man. He, uh, he, he, he you know, he's coming in at a plus 240 underdog, but boy is that boy big like he he can land some really strong nasty hits but Kyle Dawkins in my opinion is the more complete fighter here I think he's going to be able to take the fight to the ground keep it standing if he needs to I think he's going to probably land more significant strikes uh but this will be an interesting fight I I think I got Kyle here or I don't think but I'm, I think Kyle wins here definitely an interesting one to watch uh, then our third fight, you got Parker Porter versus Alan Bado. I don't know if I pronounced that right, Alan. I apologize, but this is going to be a banger of a fight at heavyweight. These guys are both, you know, monsters in the division, huge knockout power. I don't really know much about who's going to win this fight. This is a definitely a, a, a more of a pick em fight, but... I'm going to probably take Allen here. He he's got much stronger hands, and he 
he I think he's gonna be the quicker one in this fight too. He's much quicker than Parker, and so I think he's gonna go out there and probably get the fast KO win. Then you've got uh, the next fight between the man who holds the most wins in UFC history, Jim Miller, at 34-16 and 0. That's his that's his record right now. Or 33-16 and 0, my bad. Wow. Uh, Jim Miller. First of all, the fact that he's still fighting and he fights so well still is it's insane to me. He's gonna be going up against Nicholas Mata, who is a prospect in the lightweight division. People are really excited about this fight. I still think I got Jim Miller here, man. Jim is so good at hitting people when they least expect it. And I think he's going to go out there and he's going to probably knock him out. I, I just, Jim is probably just, he's going to go out there and solidify, you know, his legacy as the man with the most wins in the UFC. And I think he's just going to keep keep that up. And then our last fight on the main card for that will be a matchup between St. Louis's very own and, you know, represent from the 314. We got to love it. Yoquin, oh, I hope I pronounced that, Buckley. Yoquin Buckley versus Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. These guys, this is this is a fight that I feel like you got to be paying for to watch it. Like, this is honestly a crime. But, you know, we should all be happy as UFC fans that Dana White does not make us pay to watch these because this is, this is going to be an incredible fight. These are two dudes who... Honestly, neither of them really make it out of the first round. They both knock out their opponents in the first round. It's I don't even think Abdul has made it out of a fight in the UFC yet out of the first round. All of them have come out of first round finishes by knockout. Both of these guys are going to go in there and absolutely try and, and swing and bang with each other. But here's what I think. I think these fighters are going to go out there. I think it's going to be more of a testing match. I think both dudes are going to go out there. They're going to try and kind of test the waters for each other before they start swinging. I'm not going to say if I know it's you know going to go all the way or not. I think I think it could go the distance, to be honest. It's only a three-round fight, and both of these guys don't really have the biggest gas tanks. That's why a lot of their fights end in the first round is because they exert so much energy in the first round to try and put their opponent to sleep. I'm excited to see this fight. Uh... If it makes it into the later rounds, it'll be really interesting to see how both of these fighters deal with that kind of adversity. But it, to me, I think Yoquin's got the slight advantage in being faster. Uh, I think Buckley's also a better wrestler than Alhassan. So I think Buckley is going to win here, but you can't deny Abdul. You can't, you can't deny his knockout power. He is a very, very strong middleweight, and his punches are hurts people he's got multiple highlight knockouts now in the UFC they've gone viral from a kick that's literally lifted someone off the ground and knocked them out to elbows from hell that have literally put people to sleep with their eyes open so Abdul is a very very scary fight for Buckley but I think Buckley's gonna try and do some new stuff I think he's gonna try and control the ground I think he's gonna shoot for some takedowns but either way, these dudes are going to be trying to swing and knock each other out. But I got Buckley to win this one, so we're riding with the St. Louis boys. So just to recap, we've got Buckley, Jim Miller, Parker, or Al Alan Badeau, Kyle Dawkins, and then I've got Jamal Hill over Johnny Walker. So those are our 
preview or yeah, that that was the preview for UFC Fight Night that is going on tonight. Uh, again, I really apologize to you guys for not being able to get this podcast out to you guys earlier so that you could make your betting picks. But I will see you guys next week, hopefully with one of my co-hosts, where we will go over this weekend's fights and we will also then begin to preview the next weekend's fight, which will be a huge, huge lightweight matchup. Potentially, if Islam wins, a number one contender bout uh, between Islam Makachev and Bobby Green because Benil Dairish has dropped out. So we will see how that goes. Uh, appreciate you guys all for tuning in and listening. Sorry again for the inconsistency in the uploads. It will get better. Sorry again if there was any misinformation, especially from the first podcast. Listening back to it, you could tell there was a little bit uh, incorrect information that we had said but you know we're growing as a podcast we learn through every episode and through every pod so the more we make the better we'll get uh just keep showing us love and we'll keep getting better and keep making more content for you guys and uh, i hope you guys are enjoying it as much as we enjoy making it and yeah i will see you guys next week on either Tuesday or Wednesday for the review of the UFC fight night between Johnny Walker and Jamal Hill. Thank you guys.